Welcome to the Pact Podcast, where we discuss matters of Christian living and Christian discipleship for Christian community. Pact stands for Prayer, Accountability, Confidentiality, and Truth, Essentials for Doing Life Together in the Local Church. I'm your co-host, Tim Harvey, alongside co-host Adam Rogers and Cody Hopwood. Now, on to the Pact. Welcome back. A couple weeks ago, we talked about Roe versus Wade being overturned, and of course, how we celebrate that uh, as the church who love the unborn. Uh, but we also talked about uh, what the church's responsibility is, what believers' responsibility is, as we consider uh, what this means moving forward. And we spent some time that day talking about foster care. Uh, Cody shared with us their experience with that, and we mentioned that day that we wanted to talk also about adoption. And uh, so today we're going to take a little time just to talk about the biblical doctrine of adoption. Uh, as believers, if we're considering adoption in practical terms, certainly we'd want to stop start with what the Bible says about uh, our adoption when it comes to our relationship with God. And so we feel like this is a, a foundational thing to talk about. And so uh, today we're going to do that. And then in a, a future episode, we'll talk more practically about what adoption looks like in terms of uh, our own families and things like that. So adoption as a doctrine. Uh, let's start there. Cody, uh, what are some places in the Bible? If someone's saying, I want to learn about adoption and what the Bible says about our relationship with God, where might they turn in Scripture to to find something like that? Yeah, so a couple that come to mind quickly, uh, I think because I'm currently on Sunday mornings preaching through uh, Ephesians, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, Paul mentions adoption. Uh, we have been uh, we have been adopted, um, he says. And then also in, um, in Galatians, uh, he talks about, I'll just read this one, Galatians chapter 4, 4 through 6. I've got it open here in front of me, so instead of me trying to remember it and quote it, I'll just read it. He says, when the fullness of time had come... God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Uh, so those are, those are two that come uh, forward quickly in Ephesians and Galatians. Um, and uh, I think there's one here. Uh, Romans chapter 8, I've got the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Uh, if we're children, then we're heirs, and then heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Uh, so kind of once again giving you this undertone of we are sons of God, meaning we are adopted into the family of God, of course, meaning through through the means and the finished work of, of Christ. Mm. So... Again, talking the means, the finished work of Christ. Adam, unpack that for us. How is it? How is it that we are adopted into the family of God? Yeah. So, one of the, one of the interesting things, just thinking, J.I. Packer's book, Knowing God, and he's got an excellent chapter, and we'll plug it again at the end uh, as our pack pick. But just thinking through some of the stuff that he he's talked about and some other things I've read, it's interesting. Scripture is very very much a story about the children of God or the lack thereof. So you, th you think about in the very beginning, 
the promise, the very first promise in all of Scripture is, is concerning a child, mm. and it's that promise of the seed of the woman who's going to mm. crush. But the reason for that is because of the lostness of the children of God, because now you have sin running rampant in the world. You've got <clears throat> sons of disobedience, the Scripture calls us. You've got children of wrath. I mean, there's there's a lot of ways in which uh, Scripture is talking about us in reference to God as Father, but in, in the sense that we had a different Father because of our sin. You know, mm-hmm. you're of your Father, the devil. Jesus tells uh, the Pharisees, uh, yeah. and so how God adopts us then is is a is part and parcel with our salvation in Christ. So. We are we are justifi- justified, so that's that legal sort of declaration uh, of our our being pardoned of our sin, forgiven of our sin, counted not guilty because Christ um, takes on our guilt. But as a complement to that, a part of that is also that we are adopted, which is that more familial kind of idea. So that like the scriptures that Cody was uh, talking about a while ago. Um, we like in Ephesians chapter two. So spoiler alert for Beulah, when he gets to chapter two, he's going to tell you in verse one of chapter two, you were children of wrath as the rest. Yeah. And then he's going to go on to say, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead has made us alive together in Christ Jesus mm. and by grace, we've been saved. So that's the, that's the, the gospel is a part of that. I mean, or is is that that we we were once disobedient children. We were once separated from God. We were once under His condemnation, and now because of the work of Christ, we have been adopted into the family of God. We have been made sons and daughters of God. So, uh, and that's that's all that runs throughout the Old Testament, and New Testament. Uh, you know, God is doing this by uh, the purchasing of His people. Uh, which is interesting when you you mentioned Romans chapter eight. You're not we're not being bought to slavery. We're not being bought uh, as yeah, slaves. Yeah, received the slavery, uh, the spirit, spirit of slavery slave, to fall yeah, back in the, uh, that's right. fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. Yeah, yeah, and he goes on yeah. to say the spirit is testifying that we are children of God, and if children, we are heirs also. And I think that's a huge part of uh, of what it means that God has made us sons and daughters is that He's made us heirs. Yeah. You know, you think about uh, you know I don't know all there is to know about the you know practice of adoption in the Roman world. I do know that it wasn't as often that they were adopting infants uh, in in the Roman society at least. Mm-hmm. And the Christians that would change, but in Roman society it was because you wanted to to appoint a particular person your heir. Right. So they would adopt a usually grown, you know, I say grown, maybe like a teenager, 20 year old, whatever, someone who would be the heir to the empire, heir to the business, heir to the whatever. They would adopt them and that would be a legally binding action so that they were made an heir of the estate. Right. And it's interesting, isn't it? You have that, that same kind of, in the Old Testament, there's a few places yeah. like that where Abraham at first thinks that Eliezer is going to be his heir. So he's, yeah, he's right. thinking there's going to be some sort of legal transaction where he's adopted, so to speak. Right. Maybe one more vivid would be when Jacob adopts uh, Joseph's mm. two sons so that they actually become two of the tribes of Israel. Mm. They're legally brought in to, as Jacob's sons then so yeah. that they're heirs of Jacob rather than heirs of Joseph. So, that's right. Yeah, yeah so, so no, it's, it's, that's right. And so you've got that run of the Old Testament, and that's completed and perfected in the adoption that God um, – in how he adopts us because – Romans 8 goes on to say, if we are children, we are heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, so that God is our Father and Christ in this sense is our brother, and what is given to Christ is given to us as fellow heirs in Him. You know, And, yeah. and we see that in different places uh, in the New Testament. And so God doesn't just 
save us and cleanse our palate, our plate, or you know, cancel our debt against us and say, you're morally neutral, go do your thing. He positively gives us righteousness. And beyond that, he doesn't just say, you're now righteous in my sight, go on and do whatever you want to do. He makes us his children. Yeah. And and that's the, I mean, I think that's the essence of, of what adoption you're is. Mentioned that you mentioned knowing God, J.I. Packer. That's kind of the point he mm-hmm. makes with adoption that, uh, he says that adoption is even what higher a higher doctrine than justification. Well, if I had to quote him off the top of my head by reading the paper <laughs> right in front of me, you're reading uh, right. Yeah, I mean, he. It's, let me. So let me read the opening of this chapter just to make people want to li- want to read this book. He asks the question, "What is a Christian?" The an- the question can be answered in many ways, but the richest answer I know is that a Christian is one who has God as Father. And then mm. he goes on to make this this statement, this bold assertion. Our first point about adoption is that it is the highest privilege of the gospel, the highest the privilege that the gospel offers. Then he makes this caveat higher even than justification. Yeah, uh, which is that's bold. That's bold language, but uh, because I, most you know, most people who are doctrinally sound mm-hmm. would think that justification is sort of like the 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 diamond of mm-hmm. uh, Christian doctrine that mm-hmm. we are made right before God. Yeah. We are, we are counted right in God's eyes, but Packer's going to say, well, that's actually a means to another end. That's right. Justification yeah. is necessary. It's foundational, but it's to make you a child of mm-hmm. God to, to fit you, so to speak for God's family. Yeah, that's right. Uh, justification alone by itself would leave us basically as orphans still, if yeah. we weren't, yeah. So. Yeah, and and to use your your imagery, I think I think the idea of a diamond is a, a helpful um, a helpful image when we think about it. But the diamond is not justification. The diamond is the gospel. Yeah. Justification is a brilliant it's facet part of, of that. it. Yeah. yeah. But but again, it's all coming together. That's why I was trying to say a well, while ago, we we're not just pardoned of sin and and justified legally and no longer guilty before God, but yet distant from him, we are, we are brought near, mm. you know, and, and this is so incredible. I mean, we can get into this too. I mean, our adoption is a massively um, important doctrine that we should consider because of, because of how it instructs us in the Christian life to address God and, and to assure us of our, uh, of our salvation. So, I mean, Jesus teaches us to pray our father who art in heaven. Um, you think about, um, um, what else? Uh, how, how do we know that we will make it to heaven? Well, if he's our father, then we can be guaranteed that there's a, a love that he has for us. Or or how do we deal with um, difficult situations in our life that are, are correcting us? Like we've done something wrong, and now we are experiencing the consequences of it. And we might say, well, why does God allow these consequences to be, you know, to, to fall on me? Well, it's because no one delights in discipline for the moment, but God is a good father, disciplines mm, his children. Whoever's right. not disciplined is an illegitimate child. You know, so there's so many different reasons why the, the idea of adoption is, Even when we, um, so, is so comforting. Yeah, it's it's very applicable. Like I think that one is is so huge too. When we experience pain in life, suffering in life, mm-hmm. we understand that God is good and God is sovereign. It's it shifts our focus from thinking that somehow we're getting what we deserve, as though God is is punishing us judicially. Mm. That's right, because that's not happening. That's not happening for a no believer. You never experience judicial punishment right. from God, but that's you right. do experience disciplinary punishment yeah, from absolutely. God. And that is for out of love and out of correction. And, and having that difference of perspective is is huge for a believer. And that's where that's one of the practical implications of this doctrine of adoption. Cody, so 
you mentioned Romans eight. There's there's a passage here in verse twenty three that uh, is kind of interesting to me. It says it's talking about us groaning for what is to be revealed. Not only the creation, but we ourselves who are the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons. Mm-hmm the redemption of our body. So so that it's kind of like, okay, that Galatians passage we read is very clear. For it, it talks about adoption and says, since you are sons, that's already happening. But then Romans chapter 8, it almost talks like we're waiting for it to happen. So how do we make sense of those two things that, well, you're already adopted, but you're kind of waiting to be adopted? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that not the, uh, what is it they call the already and not yet yeah. that you always talk about in the in the yeah. theological realm? Um, you know, when, when we are, when we do um, surrender our lives to Christ and when we do come to Him, we, we talked about this some, it actually kind of alludes to this in Ephesians 1, which I... Uh, conveniently preached on um, Sunday, but uh, we we've received an inheritance. You know the the promised uh, Holy Spirit. He's a sign of of what's to come. Mm. Uh, so uh, so we are adopted into the family. Uh, so we praise God for that. We say, uh, you know, we say Amen. We say praise God. But then there's also the realization of. Uh, one day our faith is going to be sight. You know, the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts and our lives of you belong to the Father. Yeah. Uh, but we're eagerly awaiting the day where we are in the presence of the Father, whether that be through the uh, passing through the, uh, you know, the I guess the avenue of death or through Christ returning and redeeming His church. Um, uh, so... You, you look at you look at those and you say, well, we are adopted as sons, and we we are also awaiting uh, the the time where we are together with uh, the Father. I guess not only in spirit, but in actual physical presence. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, once again, we're we're there. We have it. But there's also more to come, mm-hmm. and you know, thinking about once again Ephesians. I know you asked about Romans, uh, but Ephesians being fresh on my mind, it's you know we're given the Holy Spirit that kind of testifies, hey, there's there's more to come. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is the promise uh, that you do belong. This is the seal, uh, but this is the promise of what's coming. Yeah, so that's good. Maybe that answer. Waiting your for that for, for yeah. the fulfillment <laughs> of it. Air, all, yeah, that, fulfillment. It's that tension. Yeah, that already not yet. I mean, it's. We are currently, and yet we don't experience it to the degree that we will. So I think you yeah, got it. Yeah, that's good. And, and, and you know, look, looking back, and, and maybe I can uh, make, make sense of all these thoughts that are bouncing around in my head, but I think it comes back to, uh, you know, you hear about some of these, you know, some of the great theologians of our day, they talk about uh, Christ being our treasure, the, the Lord being our treasure. Well, this is why adoption excites us, right? Mm-hmm. Because... What is adoption? This is being put into the proximity of the of God. It's saying He is now our Father. Mm-hmm. Well, you think about just our earthly relationships for a moment. You know, my children are in close proximity with me, and uh, you know, praise God. At least at this point in their life, they're excited when I come home, and they're excited <laughs> to spend uh, to spend time with me. And uh, you know, Dad is. Uh, dad's great and he's kind and he's good to us and we're you know well is that not how we should value and treasure uh, God as our father you know so it kind of shifts the focus from this is what God can do for me 
and it's all about me and it's all about me saying, no, I get to be in the presence mm-hmm. of the Father because I am His Son. Mm-hmm. I have I have rights to that and access to Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's kind of that perspective shift from, oh, well, this is what I get from God to no, I get to be with God. It's yeah. not about me. It's about Him. Yeah, yeah that's good. There's another uh, thought that I'm kind of wrestling with here when we think about um, God as our Father and adoption, and that is the language in the New Testament about the new birth and the new creation. You know, you've got language, especially like in John's Gospel, where Jesus talks about you must be born again. The beginning of that Gospel talks about to those who did receive Him, who believed in Him, His name, He gave the right to be called children of God, yeah, as one. He's yeah before before talking about the new birth. So how how do we think about adoption? You know, when you're when you're adopted into someone's family, you're not born into that family. Yeah, that's right. You know, you're adopted into it. But the New Testament gives us kind of this kind of both ideas yeah. when it comes to yeah. salvation. We are adopted into God's family, but we're also born again into a new creation. How do we how do we think about those two things together? Yeah, that's a good question. So my impulse is to say um, the scriptures using multiple, I say metaphors. I want to be careful that people don't understand that I'm. I, I think they are accurate metaphors. They're not just like figure of speech for figure of speech sake. When so when it says like you were children of wrath, dead in your transgressions and sins, yeah, that's true. Like yeah. that's heightened language to make a very valid point. Like we are dead. So at the same time as our we are dead, we are children of wrath. So, so I think what you're the, what you're getting at with the, the ideas that John's presenting is that if we are dead in our sins and thereby children of wrath, we need to be born again and made children of God mm-hmm. by adoption. So, like it's the both and, uh, so that both pictures are so so pungent. And I think you know, just thinking about um, how adoption works biblically, I mean, this is God from the from before the foundations of the world choosing to save people who were not a people who were yeah. not a you know didn't belong to him because of their sin but he sets them aside and saves them selects them adopts them and makes them a part of his family so that you have this this powerful picture of it's not just a you know it's great to be born to certain parents like i love that i'm born to my parents um, no one, well, not no one. We should generally, especially if we have good parents, enjoy who we've been given as parents. But there's a uniqueness with adoption in which we didn't belong to that family, but because of the love that in the sacrifice and the things that they displayed, we become a part of their family. And that's the picture it's of the a, gospel. It's a specific, deliberate choice it's a, by them. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You, you know, got, it's receiving something that we don't really. We're not, I guess, entitled to. That's right. You know, it's we we don't deserve it. We weren't born into yeah. it yet because of someone else's choices and actions. We now have access yeah. to it. You mm-hmm. know, getting yeah. back to the word chose and cho- yeah, you know, he's, he's chosen for it. That's right. I mean, he he he's elected us from from before the foundations of the world in order that we not only be made right with him, but that we be co heirs with Christ. And so it's just a it's a beautiful picture because what that what that takes. What it takes, you answered, asked the question earlier, you know, how did this come about? It comes about by Christ, the Son of God, taking our place to make us sons of God. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're not made sons of God in the sense of we're not divine, we're not Christ, but it takes God giving a, His own Son to 
to the cross, to the shame of this world, to live a perfect, obedient life, so that those who were not a people, not you know, children of wrath, dead in their sins, are made alive because of of what Christ has done. So that's why you can't you can't have adoption without justification, and you shouldn't want justification without adoption, right. because they they go so well together, um, so that we are pardoned in the in the side of this judge but we're also made as sons and daughters in a familial and close way so would it be fair to like with that idea of adoption and being born again would it be a fair to say that adoption is speaking to our position with god and that that the new birth is dealing with our condition you know we were we were we once were yeah. dead we once were in this state of of death and we are being created new Mm -hmm. adoption deals with we once were on the wrong in the wrong camp in the wrong family yeah (laughs) been brought into a new family been made heirs i think sort of a focus yeah a a a, uh, issue of focus Mm -hmm. focus on which i guess uh benefits of the gospel were really uh looking at sure in the moment maybe Maybe so. Yeah, I'd, I, that's. Int- I'd like to think more about that, but um, yeah, this but is I my think thinking so. face. That yeah, no, no one can see us. Yeah, no yeah, no one can see us. Thinking face. I'm just so, thinking. Yeah, yeah, we we have the same face. But, but in order to enter, you know, in order to in- enter that family, you know, you have to first be cleansed from. Yeah. Sin. So you know they go together. But yeah, absolutely. Can be, you absolutely know, go together separately. Yeah. As you, yeah. Well, there's so many things like this that come to mind, like faith and repentance. Which comes first? Right. Well, the answer is yes. Like they are a simultaneous happening. Have to you know, have both. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Absolutely. So, so that I would think, I would think that we're we're kind of saying the same. I think it's interesting to say, you know, that the the being born part addresses our nature and condition versus um, position. I think I think there's probably something to that, um, especially as you're considering that imagery, uh, what, what is being born as a child yeah. uh, and uh, what's being adopted as a child. So so it's we're talking about the same object, the, peop- the yeah. person being saved, but maybe just coming at it from those two different angles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. You have good thoughts, Timothy. I have lots of questions, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, any other thoughts I'd plug the book again yeah yeah uh, Knowing God by J.I. Packer I'm sure that we've mentioned this before you know a couple years ago um, that's on my list of a book that every 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 Christian Christian should should read read this book yeah that's what I was about to say basically a few years ago uh, I decided that it would be a a worthwhile you know venture to, to write down the top five books I would recommend a Christian read. And and what happened, what happened, if anybody knows me, this is not surprising. What happened is I ended up coming up with like, there's probably more than 50 books on this list now. There's probably 80 books on it. But but I made them in categories and I put a star next to the book in that category I would start with. Yeah. So I, you know, it's more than five books. But if I really was pressed, I really, you know, somebody said you got, you can only take five books on the deserted island kind of thing. Knowing God's one of them, so yeah. I, we say that with high praise, Tim and I. And I know, I know, Cody would agree, but but you really ought to read this book and and consider it. It, it is not a hard read. It looks thick when you pick it up, uh, but it's only thick in pages because it's thick in good theology that's yeah. really accessible, uh, forcing us to think about who God is. Like, do we actually know Him? Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I would highly recommend it. And again, I think that there's there's so many things. Um, 
practically to think about when it comes to how God has made us his children. Um, and uh, one of the things, the reason that we're talking about this, just to plug where we're going uh, next time, is that this is the, the theology behind adoption in the gospel is the reason why we adopt as people, humans, right. now. Um, we we think about marriage this way, right? Um, marriage is the, the, the display of Christ and His church. Uh, and so when we are, are bonded together with our spouse in front of a crowd, we are we are picturing the gospel in, in much Ephesians the same way. Five mm-hmm. reference there. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. And, and in much the same way, we are are picturing the gospel in adoption. Mm. Um, not all of us are going to be able to adopt. Not all of us are called to this this unique calling. Uh, but we're all called to be a part of it. Mm. Uh, I think. I think we all have a, a role to play. Uh, whether that be financial or emotional support or just like we talked about with foster care, we might not be the foster family, uh, but there's ways that we can tangibly serve. There's ways that we can spiritually serve. And so uh, just so many, but all of this comes out of the heart of the gospel that God, God so loved a people that was so unlovely that he sets his affection on them and calls them his sons and daughters, bringing him nearer to himself by giving them the new birth, by making them alive. And he does this in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's a great place to end. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Pack Podcast. Weekly, we get together to think out loud discussing ethics, apologetics, theology, and how to apply God's Word to our everyday lives. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. For more information about our podcast, to connect with us or our church families, visit thepact.podbean.com. We pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll take the pact with a group of close believers pursuing prayer, accountability, confidentiality, and truth. Mm -hmm.